Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. want to remind you about the Jazz Team Store back open for operation here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. You can swoop on by. They're open Monday through Saturday, 11 to 6. Uh, coming up this Saturday, they're going to have some fun things going on in honor of a Memorial Day sale. Uh, they're going to have the J-Dogs. They're going to be out here on the Arena Plaza just like they were last week. And how about this? A Jazz Bear is going to make an appearance as well on Saturday. Free parking on the street around the arena and at Park Place, which is uh, Kitty Corner from the arena at 300 uh, West between North and South Temple. So uh, come on down, check it out. Uh, they're meeting all, all the health and safety measures in accordance with the County Health Department guidelines. So come get your jazz gear and uh, get some, take advantage of that Memorial Day sale. We're going to talk to Christian Cox coming up here momentarily. Um, you know, Gordon, didn't, I know. He, oh, sorry, go ahead. Couple, didn't he have a cup of coffee with the, uh, with the New England Patriots? I think he lunch? did. I think he did. I think he played the clarinet for, uh, what was that joke all about? Uh, played the clarinet in the NFL for a while? Didn't he used to say that all the time when he was... He did. He did. Every guest I think they had on, he said, uh, just so you know, I, uh, you know, <laughs> had a cup of coffee with the uh, the Patriots in the NFL, so... He, he is such a nice guy. Oh, Christian is the best, and uh, I love his story, too, and how he, you know, really built himself into a success there at uh, at Utah, and... Um, yeah, was was a big part of those uh, really dominant Utah teams toward the end of the Mountain West Conference, certainly that 08 run. And uh, spent a few years with us as an analyst here on the Zone Sports Network, and it's Indeed. been a lot of fun to get to know Christian over the years. Great guy, great family, and uh, a lot of good insight on football. Plus, he's fun. He's got one of those relatable personalities, makes him fun to talk to. Yep, no doubt about it. You know, unlike the quirky guy that I talk to every single day. Austin? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> you know that Austin, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, with that, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, the former Ute, he's the one and only Christian Cox with us here on the big show. Hello, Christian. What's up, you hooligans? So, uh, Christian, the big question on everybody's mind, do you think that a jazz fan poisoned Michael Jordan? Oh, I, no way, right? I, I that, I'd be hard pressed to think some uh, bitter jazz fan from the previous year would go uh, poison Michael Jordan the Great. It's got to be just food poisoning, right? Even the even the country said he didn't believe it would be it was uh, actual uh, a fan who did it. But um, interesting to find out the flu game was just food poisoning. If that's what it was. If that where, where do you guys fall? I know where Gordon falls, I'm sure, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to hear. He was in Vegas. Where else would he be? Well, you know. I have no idea. That's the beauty of this whole story. You can uh, pick which one you want to believe. Yeah. 
Uh, Christian, let's talk a, a little bit about football. We saw the story that uh, Mark Harlan and the Utes are hoping to get some athletes, and I say some because we don't know exactly the scale of this whole thing, but some athletes back on campus uh, by June 1st. And given where the Utes are with uh, new faces coming into this team, you know, it seems like they could uh, take as much work as they can get, right? Yeah, you know, not having spring ball really hurts the quarterback development. Obviously, they're probably getting more. Um, I don't know if you guys caught Nick Saban's interview uh, last night with Scott Van Pelt, but he basically said where they've been forced to have to do more teaching, where you, you don't get a lot of teaching time with young kids at college because you do a 45-minute meeting and then you're on the field and you're getting all the reps. And so it'd be interesting to, to know where I, Morgan's the ultimate teacher, but where how the team's been able to, to, to keep – you know, doing Zoom meetings and teaching fundamentals, just more of the X's and O's of the playbook. Uh, and But these quarterbacks need it. They, I, I know this senior kid from South Carolina that came in, he needs every rep he can get. And, um, you know, however this shakes out, you know, it just feels like we went from full lockdown and then two weeks later we're fully open. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll do a good job up at the U. they got plenty of space and you can, you can run routes and, and – do it socially distance and have people wear gloves and sanitize and do those things. But uh, my better question is, are, are they going to really play games, right? Are, yeah. are they, are they going to train? And then will there realistically be college football in the fall? And I think that's what everyone's really wondering. And, you know, obviously in the South and SEC, they're, they're going to move forward because their, their states are very loose and open. Uh, but, we're, you know, California seems a bit more restricted. And, um, you know, there's been some rumors, you know, it's kind of 50-50 if they're even going to do games. And uh, they may modify the season. So we'll see. So along these same lines, Christian, it, does talent come more to the fore in a situation like this because of the limitation as far as coordination and teaching and coaching and whatnot? Does that make talent even more important than it typically is? Yeah, well, it's, it, the one thing about college football, especially in the scheme, you know, under Andy Ludwig, but also under Morgan Scalley, you need time in the system. You, you see all of the, the players that have had time in it who are now drafted, like the Julian Blackmans who make the jump to safety who could because they understand the structure of the 4-3 scheme that, you know, Morgan runs. And you need the talent, you need the speed, but you also need the discipline for these people to know where they need to go in, in each formation. Uh, just speaking from a defensive perspective, you, it, Kyle refers to this, the 111th. You have to be able to read and react and make decisions quickly. You can't be processing, am I in the right place? Am I supposed to be blitzing? Am I dropping a third? Am I a quarters coverage? Am I, do I have a tight end or is that the safe? Like you, you, can't, you can't do that at all. You have to go and fulfill your 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 role with the team, and um, you know it, it, it. We could spin it how we want. It hurts them that they're not practicing. There's no better way to to get better than actual reps. But uh, you compile that. You know you can practice all you want, but it's really the game game scenarios and game scrimmage like situations. Those are what prepare these players the absolute most. Like, did you, you want, did you ever? I'm sorry. Did ahead. you ever? Did you ever know a player who had was extremely talented who couldn't process that stuff? Uh, well, I hope I'm not throwing people under the bus. I'd, I'd say uh, if you guys remember Nifotu, 
mm-hmm. back in the day, linebacker, uh, extremely explosive. Uh, we had to build packages that, to get him in situation because our defense is so complex, but he just had raw, raw talent. But I, I saw many players who had raw talent who just couldn't who couldn't be disciplined enough to run and have the trust of the coaches to see the field. I saw that side too, and I'm not going to throw more names out there. But you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but you still need to be able to 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 fulfill uh, the role. Um, and I saw very minimal players that could come in. And then just exploded on scene. And, and one of those was Robert Johnson, like Juco transfer, playing two ways basically, and came in in the summer, didn't do spring ball and started. And you remember the UCLA game with all those picks and had just, you know, a, a phenomenal year that year. So it's just, it's, it's notoriously difficult. Other positions are easier than some, but it's hard to come in and, and really make an impact with just that quick. And if you, and if they do, they are special, special players. Like I remember watching Zach Moss on that, you know, fourth quarter drive against BYU, a ten minute drive. And I think I even quoted it on on television. I said, "This kid is going to be a future NFL kid." And uh, just by the way, he ran. So there's there's some players that jump off the page more than others. Christian, uh, speaking of transfers, I've seen this uh, idea batted about more and more frequently now of giving uh, athletes in basketball and football one free transfer. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. Where, I don't know where I feel. Uh, there's part of me that I know there's situations that there's players that get into it and they think they were promised one thing: coaching. Coaches leave, or coaches get fired, or just like coaches can leave and take jobs other places, right, without any repercussion, you know, they, they can do that. So the camp of, well, why can't the players have some mobility and it causes, you know, you know, better, I guess, I guess they're not employees, but they basically are, right, better employee treatment because they have the same ability to leave. I see that side of it. I also see the, the side of, you know, working through difficult challenges and working through, uh, you know, difficult, you know, position groups and changing positions is also a benefit. Uh, when I got to Utah, uh, I was a walk-on. I was playing linebacker, stud linebacker, but I played six different positions before I settled in on the D-end. Did I play D-end in the NFL? No, I played a middle linebacker. So there was a skill set I, de- I developed over time of playing tight end, D-tackle, D-end, and learned how to pass rush that you know helped me over the long term. Uh, you see that with Julian Blackman being able to be versatile with his skill set. So I, I, I don't I, I don't have a hard stance on. It. I think I think one free transfer is I think I think kind of silly. I I think they should be penalized with a loss of a year still, or have a another I guess fallout where say if a coach leaves or a head coach transfers that they have the opportunity to leave because really these kids are coming. Why do these kids go to the school? They go to the school because of the coaches. They recruit them, right? Why did I go to Utah? Uh, Because of Aaron Roderick, Kalani Satake, and Coach Anderson. I met Kyle after I served the mission, but I played for those guys at Southern Utah University. So why are people, you know, signing with uh, Utah or Utah State or BYU? It's typically the coaching staff and I think what Kyle's done a phenomenal job over his tenure is for the most part his organization has been pretty much the same and Morgan's been consistent and obviously get Andy Ludwig back from an OC perspective that's been the only position where they've kind of carouseled 
but you can have some continuity there. So, I, I again, sorry, lame, lame answer, but it's there needs to be a level. And I'm a millennial, guys. I'm a millennial. There needs to be a level of you stay committed and work through the challenges. And there's a lot of uh, value on the other end of that of those who will work through challenges. So with all that consistency within the program, then, is Utah's talent level to the point now where they can have a year like they had last year, lose all that talent to the NFL, and then be right in contention again this next season? Again, I, I love the speculation. That's, that's the job of, of you guys. I, I know they are loaded with talent. I've heard that from multiple coaches. Uh, the one thing that comes back is I, I don't know the character and the, the toughness of these kids yet. And you see that through time. We had the, we had the fortune of you had, oh, Zach Moss, instead of going to the NFL, I'm going to come back and play again, right? How many kids actually do that today? Everyone's like, I got to get mine. I got to get it when I can get it. I got to make money now, so I got to move on, right? I got to go early instead of waiting. And so um, I think the way the system is built now – um, you know, we're coming up on the 10th year anniversary. I, no, sorry, the ninth. Next year will be the 10th year. Uh, I'm coming up on 10 years of being removed from the game. Um, and the talent level since our years is just, they're incredible. These, these kids are freaks. They're they are basically, it's like clockwork, prepping them to get them into the NFL. Um, the, the way the, the league is... The, the Pac-12 is so weird right now. Like with even last season, um, if they can get the right quarterback, yeah, I think they could. It's still going to be the same defense first, tough team. Um, it just depends on how well the offense can move. And last year, you had Tyler Huntley who had a had a great year, and obviously you blew it against Oregon in the in the Pac-12 championship, and you. He didn't show up to the game against Texas, but Zach Moss was so stable all year and. When he was hurt, you know, he had some good feelings. So, I think I think they're they'll just it'll just be just like what it is. The defense will reload, and uh, you hope the offense can continue to progress. Christian, uh, I can't remember last time when we talked to you if I, if I asked you about this, so I'm going to go for it. What do you think uh, as, as somebody who played with Tom Brady and for Bill Belichick? What do you think about their divorce? And who has a better record next year, the Bucks or the Patriots? Oh man, hey, of speculation. Hey, hey, I'll hey, I'll play this game all day. All right, this one I'll play because uh, I'm not in New England. I don't live in the area. Um, I love the divorce. I really do. You know, um, you know, Bill Belichick. Legitimately, I think I've told you guys this story. My first day. So I, 2011 was the year of the lockout. So we just started directly in summer. There wasn't mini camp. So my very first day, I watched Bill Belichick yell at Tom Brady and yell at uh, Rob Gronkowski, just like dress him up and down in front of everyone. And so I learned then, I was like, man, this guy's, this guy, I know he had a reputation, but he, he doesn't, there's no favorites at all. And so I'm sure over time, Tom Brady was just like, hey, you don't appreciate me enough. I, I Robert Kraft is like his dad, um, and so it's it's time to move on. It's time to go try this on my own. And uh, he's heavily underpaid, and he took a lot of pay cuts to win games and win championships. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan, he obviously got paid, and Scotty didn't. So one thing Tom Brady didn't do extremely well there. Uh, but I would say, I 100 uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will have more wins. 
than the uh, the New England Patriots. I would even I would even go as far, and this may this quote may haunt me for life. And Lloyd or Austin will grab it. I'd put money on Vegas on this one because um, it, it, people don't realize they New England had a lot of holes that Tom Brady covered. And even losing some of their defensive pieces, even losing it is as hard as it is for me even come out of my mouth. Kyle Vanoy leaving is going to hurt them too. They'll, they'll replace people. And, and obviously Bill Belichick, Belichick's a brilliant mind and they're always good when the chips are down. And um, But I just, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were one of the top-ranked offenses if they didn't have Jameis Winston who threw 30 interceptions. And they have a very talented, you know, uh, you got Marquise Godwin, you got Mike Evans, you got Rob Gronkowski, you got the Howard kid from Alabama. That's a really good, you know, wep- you know, weapon tree that he didn't really have in New England this past year. You know, Julian Edelman was hurt. Julian Edelman's 5'9". You know, uh, good, good little, you know, over the middle kind of guy, but didn't have any deep threats. So offensively, uh, I think the Bucks will do pretty well. Christian, how would you feel if you were an active player right now and given the circumstances with COVID-19 and all that, would you feel comfortable uh, playing under these circumstances? And let's say you could live at home and do it. Would you worry about, uh, you know, spreading it to your family or how would you feel? Would you think about it when you were on the field or would you be able to block it all out and just business as usual? No, you're one of the best. You ask the toughest questions, old Gordon. Uh, personally, you know, we just had an infant, so my perspective has changed a little bit. You know, obviously in the news and media, hey, this this virus is for older people, but you know, we had a we had to take our son briefly to primary children's before COVID hit because he had RSV and pneumonia, so we were forced to do quarantine before quarantine really hit, and so. My perspective, it, I, my mindset was always, you know, pretty lackadaisical and loose, but having a baby and having a wife and having kids, like, you don't want to take any risks, right? Uh, and it also, to the question, it also determined where I am at in my career. If I'm at the end of my career and I've already made money, sure. Uh, if I'm trying to make a team, you you, you got to weigh the risks and, um, you know, depending on where things are in the fall and, uh, you know, I if I was in dire circumstances, I would try to find a way to the field. Right. Uh, but if it's going to put my family in at jeopardy and at risk and depending on where the numbers were and potential death rates and the hotspots, all that data or whatever, uh, would kind of tie into that. But for me, it's, we've, uh, I'm, you know, it's kind of funny. It's, you know, people, it's a really political thing now. It's like, if you're wearing a mask, is that politicized? Are you, are you not, you know, like it's, are you wearing a mask? Is that a bad thing or a good thing? Uh, I wear a mask and gloves and try to take care of what I can. And we have low numbers here in the state. Um, a lot of my clients are in Manhattan and in New Jersey and in Philadelphia. And so I know how impacted they are. So it's just the weirdest, the weirdest disease. And I'm sure you have a better perspective on this, Gordon. It's just never seen anything like it just shutting down the economy shutting everything down and now it feels like a confusing reopening on what's what's the right normal and how should we all behave and and perform and you hope we all hope you know that things are getting better people you know on the front line are getting you know the support that they need but that we can you know 
proceed, you know, cautiously and in the right manner for sports because, right, this has impacted everyone, right? You know, what are the things you guys get to talk about every day? It's tough. And uh, it just goes to show uh, there's some sports that aren't as important, but there are some others that you really miss and you wish that we were playing. Christian, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, anytime. Gordon, it's good to hear your voice. See you, Jake. Yeah, good, good See you, Christian. You, Chris. okay. Appreciate it. Uh, former Ute Christian Cox, of course, former Patriot as well. Uh, I think he enjoyed answering that uh, Patriots question, Gordon. He thinks the Bucks for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. What would you say at this point? Um, I I think the Patriot. <laughs> my inclination is that the Patriots are going to suffer. Uh, yeah, I would bet on the Bucks at this point to have a better record. The Bucks or the Patriots? Uh, I I think I'd go with the Bucks at this point. But uh, I I again, that's my initial inclination, but. I mean, it's just that dynasty, or what you want to call it, that string of success that they've had there is. I know it always comes, it, it, it in a large measure comes down to the players, uh, and they still have some good ones there. It's just that some holes have appeared. Want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business and telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We'll have more Big Show coming up. We've got the Not Sports Port at 450. Booner is on with us at 5. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This one goes out to Sven on a total request Tuesday. If you have any requests, songs about the ocean, you can tweet at Austin Horton. You can include us on it too, at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson. Anything coming to mind for you, Gordon? You haven't made a request today. Uh, I was thinking earlier about uh, somebody made a suggestion. What's that, what's that uh, Sail on Sailor by the Beach Boys? Okay, all right. Son of a Sailor saw, by uh, somebody, Jimmy Buffett. Oh, yeah. Somebody had sent that in, I saw. I thought that was nice. Or how about Southern Cross? Which version would you want, uh, Jimmy Buffett or Crosby, Stills, and Nash? Oh, man. Both good. Tough to tell you. Tough to pick. Tough to pick. Have you ever seen the Southern Cross? Uh, no. You? Never been down south, huh? Uh, where is it, actually? It's in the Southern Hemisphere. I thought that you could see it from down there. I, I, I'm not sure, to tell you the truth. Uh, I've been to the I Southern... I ask a question I don't know the answer to. But. Been to the Southern Hemisphere in, uh, I think, Fiji's in the Southern Hemisphere, right? If it's not, then I have not been to the Southern Hemisphere. It's it says the best place there, to see it is New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand, all right. It's the best place to well, see Fiji's it. Well, Fiji's not too far from there. Right, right, right. So, I, yeah, maybe I missed my opportunity. I don't know. But that's a great song. I know. So, all right, songs about the ocean at Austin Horton. How about Sailing by Christopher Cross? Hate that song. <laughs> it is a little sappy, isn't it? Yeah, not, I liked uh, it. I liked it when it came out, but yeah, but not uh, not entirely my thing. Mm, gotta, why why, why gotta do you hate that song so much? It's probably know. the slowest song ever written. Yeah, it's just not my thing. I don't know. 
Yeah, but Sailing why don't you is like every that song that I like? <laughs> no, I never. I, just because I didn't like a couple of selections you had, I, I think you have a very eclectic taste in music. I love Walking on Sunshine. You hate that song. Uh, it's not my favorite. Right. But, so, you know, it's But different. that doesn't mean I don't, I don't think you have good musical taste. Oh, I agree. It's different strokes for different folks, certainly. And I, I don't know. I couldn't point to a specific reason why I don't like sailing other than uh, that's just not my song. Hmm. Okay. All right. Is that all right? I, I like it because it makes, yeah. I mean, right, now if this we fall asleep while you're driving around, so no, like don't you. fall asleep. I'm just telling you, this reminds me when I used to sail, and uh, yeah, it brings. Uh, this is this is sort of the the tone and tenor of my sailing experience. What sailing experience? Uh, oh well, I had I, uh, I had a, a a sailboat when I was a kid. How old are we talking about here? A young teenager. It was a small sailboat, a little dinghy. But For some reason, this song reminds me of Saturday Warrior. I don't know why. It sounds very similar. I have, so I have we, photographic evidence of Gordon sailing a boat, actually. So, yeah, that's right, you do. Well, standing <laughs> at the helm of a boat. I don't. Yes, but that's that's a big yacht type thing. I I used to sail the Chesapeake, Jake, uh, in a in a in a small small sailboat. And there was the time that uh, we got uh, stranded out in the channel oh, and had a okay. had a big old freighter coming straight at us, and so I had to. And you told Captain to, Phillips, "I'm the captain now," yeah. and you took a hold no. of the the wheel and. I had to jump. I jumped. The, the, there was no wind. There was no wind. <laughs> of course. And the and the freighter is coming right at us. So what do you do? So I jumped out of the boat and started pulling it uh, away from the shipping channel with a uh, with the rope in your teeth, like like just swimming, like Kennedy swimming in his uh, swimming his crew to shore in WW two. This story is yeah, so right. true. Okay. You guys don't, don't know worry, what everybody. Like I know no. how to swim. <laughs> Give me a rope. <laughs> Put it in between my teeth. We're getting you home, sister. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You guys Stop don't know it. what it's like to stare down the barrel. You wrestled a sea turtle and got it to shore. <laughs> you don't know what it's like either. <laughs> Dude, I was stuck in the channel. So I had to pull the boat uh, away from the shipping channel. I was staring straight at that ship coming right at us. So, And if it hadn't been but, for you, that story would have never happened. <laughs> that was it was a frightening moment, but uh we uh we managed I was with a buddy of mine and we managed to pull the thing out of the channel and uh escaped. See you said it was just you boat. originally, but and, now you're saying you got now, help. buddy and, and somehow swam your way around a U boat in the process. <laughs> I mean, How do you not have the presidential <laughs> medal of freedom? They <laughs> shot a torpedo at us, but luckily we were able to uh, I stopped it with my bare head. <laughs> right. <laughs> all true it's all true. Every bit of it. <laughs> Gordon, the rope in his <sighs> teeth, swimming. <laughs> I got okay. this. Okay. I'm an Eagle Scout. No, it was the shipping channel on the Elk River that comes off of the <laughs> Chesapeake Bay and hooks onto the C&D Canal that hooks onto the Delaware 
uh, Bay and Delaware River and takes the shipping up from Baltimore to Philadelphia. And there was a big old freighter coming right at us. It was frightening, but we we managed. I believe those are all real places. Yeah, I believe they're real places. Yeah, exactly. Isn't this how the the uh, the show started uh, with how to poke holes in, in stories? I am telling you that every bit of that story I just told is true, and uh, and I I resemble the fact that you uh, are doubting me. You resemble the fact that I'm doubting you? It's a joke. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah. the story is true. Why have we never heard that story before? Because it's this goes not back true. to Octopus's I, I, garden. Right, exactly. Actually, I, I and I played told, the octopus. I have okay. told that story before. I'm surprised you didn't recognize uh, it. But, uh, it was one of those. Moments in time where a call for action and uh, had to leap out of the boat. And, uh, and then the and A-team swam up. And, right. <laughs> and I know, said, I hello, seen... Mr. T. How did you get here? <laughs> I did see a, a submarine come through that part once. And uh, you used to have some tankers come through there and whatnot. All true. 100%. And then the Loch Ness Monster you, waved. You saved the lives of people on a boat by jumping out of it and swimming at the shore. One time, not far from there, maybe a couple miles from there, I was uh, at a place uh, off of uh, Turkey Point there where the Elk River meets the Chesapeake, and then the Susquehanna goes up the other side, and uh, it was a windy day, and the seas were, were rough, and uh, a uh, a big loaded-down tanker went by, and I'm telling you, that, that, that wind kicked up that wake of that ship, and it was coming right at us, and uh, we had to swing the boat around and uh, hit it, you know, front on, or else we would have sank. And uh, the, you know, there's some harrowing tales. The sea is not to be messed with. The sea was angry that day, my uh, friends. Let's see. I got to agree with this one coming in from Bra- uh, Brady. He wants to hear "Brandy" by Looking Glass. That's a great song. Hmm. Do you know the song Mandy by uh, Barry Manilow was going to be called Brandy, but because Brandy came out, he changed it to Mandy. I think uh, I read that somewhere. Oh, okay. Was was that song, or you know, Brandy in that song? Was she actually longing for you? Because uh, <laughs> you're you're what are they? Your light, your love, and your lady is the sea. Is that is it? Was 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 she pining for you, Gordon? <laughs> no, no. I, no, no, you didn't. Uh... Just because my stories are really interesting and really fun to listen to uh, doesn't mean that you're going to lure me into making claims that are false. Mm. OK, so so the fact that I jumped out of the boat and swam holding on to the rope, you 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 are failing to believe that if I said that, would you believe me? No. Well, why I wasn't asking I? you. I was asking Gordon. <laughs> I don't believe why either one of you. I believe you. Yeah, I believe you. If you're All right, then I me. did it too. What one-handed? So you like dog paddled the the actually the boat? Yeah, pulled it with channel. I have really freakishly strong toes. I just put the rope around my toes and just swam. I, I against tied the it, current. I tied it to my wrist and was kind of half side <laughs> stroking up? and and sort of a uh, Australian crawl. <laughs> Took the time to tie it around your wrist? 
Well, I could see the ship coming. Well, it's it, not like it appeared out of nowhere. It and, didn't appear out of fog. And if the if the ship actually, you know, hit your boat and your boat sank, you weren't worried that having something tied to your wrist was going to drown you in such circumstances that didn't cross your mind? Well, I could see it coming at us. It was a ways away, and so we I, I had time. But the I final had to, ways. But 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 I don't know. You could see miles with an ship. S. What? No. Was there multiple miles away, or? Yeah, I, I don't know where we first <laughs> spotted it. You you could spot it. It was I don't know how far a mile is. We yeah, it was probably a mile away. It was coming when we first really paid attention to it. I saw the ship coming. And so that's, but we were dead in the air. There was no, there was no wind. So uh, there was no wind freshening. So I had to, I, I thought we better get this boat out of the way. And so that's when I took action. God, Tim Grover tells a more believable tale. I don't know. And then here, as, here. I, and I, as I was pulling the boat away from the channel, I, I was swimming toward the area where my Johnson fell off yeah, that okay. time. And no, here it's we the are. same. It's the same place. And it's here the, we it's are. Same, it's the same general area. Join Hanson Scotty coming up on Friday from ten to two at the warehouse, hanging out with Tom and the gang, eighty-six East University Parkway, right there in Orem. Prices so low. It'll blow your mind. Well, more big show if coming I, up if next. I had had, if I had had my Johnson on this particular boat, I would have been able to then, you know, to just motor away. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Do it the hard way. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This goes out to Brady. Good call. I love this song. You you uh, never heard this song, Austin? I have never heard this song in my life. Oh, this song is amazing. Do yourself a favor. Do they have, does Looking Glass have more than this song? Uh, well, maybe we'll defer, defer to Gordon on that one, but I don't think so. I think they were kind of a one-hit wonder, weren't they, Gordon? Yeah, I, I really don't know much about But I do remember the song. What a good wife you would be. All right, uh, it is time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Going to uh, a couple different places, but one of the places we're going is to Virginia. Okay. I'm going to rely on you on the pronunciation on this, uh, Jake, you being familiar with the state of Virginia, the old Dominion. But uh, do you pronounce this place Chinko Teague, C H I N C O E A G U E. Okay, so it, outsiders will call it Chinka Teague, but locals, locals call it Chinka Teague. Chinka Teague. Yeah. Where is it? It's uh, it's actually on the eastern shore. It's not that far uh, from where my grandmother lives. It's an island up kind of by the Maryland border on the Delmarva Peninsula. But it's the have you ever heard of the famous Misty of Shinkatig, the Shinkatig ponies, where they have uh, basically wild ponies that they uh, they um, drive across the channel every year to auction off to benefit the local fire department. It's kind of a that's my story. Oh well, there you go. They do it yes. every year. Yeah. The famous pony swim. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Yeah. You've seen it. I was little, well, little, but yeah. I've got bad news for you. It's been canceled for the first time since World War II. Oh, man, that is a huge bummer. Yeah. So what do they do exactly? What What's the point of it? They drive the pony. Are these ponies, they're not wild, right? Yeah, they're, they are. Uh-huh. They're wild ponies. And so they, they, they drive them across they across the water, and then they auction them off for, for uh, a good cause? For the fire department, yeah. So yeah. the Chincoteague's an island, and uh-huh. uh, years and years and years ago there was, I mean, it, I guess it's kind of a legend, but there was a, a shipwreck. And these ponies swam ashore, and there's been wild ponies on Chincoteague Island ever since. And oh, that's so kind of cool. They swim, they swim the ponies, you know, the ones that are old enough to auction off or whatever. They swim them across the channel and then auction them off for the fire department. It sounds like the Swiss and, family Robinson a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and what do the people do with the ponies once they, uh, they buy them? I don't know. Keep them? Ride them? Stud them? I don't, I, I, I'm not so sure. We'd have to ask. Uh, They're cool-looking ponies. I see the yeah. picture of them here, but it has it has been canceled for the first time. I thought that might strike close to your heart, but I did not know that you'd actually witness this thing. Yeah, it's a huge deal. Yeah, I, I saw it when I was uh, a little little kid, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a yearly event over there. Yeah, Shinkatig Island is beautiful. It's it's really really cool. It's right by. Have you ever heard of Assateague Island, which is on the seaside, which is more of like a beach resort kind of place? Uh, I don't think I've heard of that. All right. Well, anyway. What's the one where Blackbeard lived? That's in North Carolina, right? Uh, well, he he uh, met his demise off the the what? It's right off Cape Hatteras, right? Yeah, but he lived on one of those in one of those little towns there, I think. Uh, but anyway, uh, and then there's this story. I think this is out of Texas, but apparently they have this annual event. It's called uh, some sort. I think it's called the Topless. Something or other, but it's not what it sounds like. It, it, I think they're talking about topless jeeps, and they ride on the beach. And the beaches in Texas or wherever this is had just been opened. And uh, what do you think happened, Jake? Uh, people misunderstood what it was all about. Sixty-three arrests and counting. Uh. Because and they have an interview with the police officer who says, "Look, we don't mind people. You know, we prefer people stay, keep their social distancing." But uh, the police officer said, "We want people to have a good time, but please don't do anything stupid." And he said, "We've had sixty-three cases of being people being stupid so far." <laughs> so I mean, it's just I, I wish people could go have a good time without you know being lawless. Uh, by the way, Ocracoke Island was Blackbeard's Ocracoke. favorite favorite hideout there on the yeah, island. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Have you been to that one? Uh huh. What's that like? I I I thought that looked kind of uh, kind of uh, appealing. Sure. I mean, it, it looks like the Outer Banks. But uh, like Jimmy Buffett, I'm kind of a pirate at heart. Are you? Yeah. If I had lived, not a pirate, but if I had been, if I had lived uh, 300 years ago, I would have wanted to be a sailor. I think the the ocean calls to me. Does it? <laughs> mm-hmm. I know it's dangerous. I know there's, uh, you know, some of the things that, that go on. You know, they had problems with, with uh, you know, uh, certain diseases that occurred when, when guys were at sea for a long time. But I think I would have been willing to take the risk. I don't. You wouldn't have been or you don't think I would have? Oh, been? I know I wouldn't have, but I don't think you would have been either. 
You don't, don't want know, a, like a li- either, you don't want a lifestyle of a sailor around that uh, that uh, time was like. That doesn't strike me as the the Gordon Monson approved lifestyle that you currently <laughs> well, live. <laughs> well, three hundred years ago, all bets were off, right? Yeah, I just don't so see I, you sleeping uh, <laughs> on a hammock under some deck somewhere for a few months. That just doesn't strike me as something you're going to do. And you know, there was a lot of physical labor involved with that, right? Yeah, but you know, I would have I would have worked my way up to the captaincy. And you, oh, know, you would pir- have, <laughs> yeah. Pir- pirate captains were 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 uh, elected, and they could be de- deposed by vote. And uh, and I think I would have shown great leadership and 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 been able to hold on to that position. Although my problem with being a pirate is I don't really like violence, so I would have been a happy, nice pirate. So let me get this straight. You would have been fine with the physical labor as a sailor because you would have swiftly moved your way up to captain. <laughs> that, that's yeah. what you're going Look, with? <laughs> anybody who can be elected to be captain of the safety pro- patrol, I think, has a good shot. Mm-hmm. I don't. Because <laughs> I had to work my way up in both cases, and I had to... To, uh, to 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 gain the popularity of the masses. Isn't that like you saying, like, okay, I would be a really good engineer for Apple because I would basically <laughs> avoid all the engineering part and just become CEO very quickly. <laughs> well, I know I would have had to learn how to tie some of the nautical knots and uh, maybe be able to climb up the mast and uh, man the sails and, you know, uh, all, all that stuff, but I, I I think I could have done that. I think I would have been able to master that because I've spent a lot of time on the ocean, and I think I could have found my way uh, in that environment. Although, again, the the uh, the uh, the violent part of it would have been something I would have had to overcome. Hmm. I'm just glad we had a uh, a, a story about Shinkatig today. It makes me feel better. That's good. Yeah, I mean, uh, do you think, are you any good on a boat? Do you know the aft from the bow? Uh, I don't know. Do you know I the mean, port from the starboard, the leeward from the windward? I, I've been on the a boom boat boom and the rudder and the tacking and the jibing? But I don't pretend to be uh, some sailor like somebody I know, but I've, I've been on a boat before. That's <laughs> okay. happened. All right, stay tuned. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Booner, Ron Boone, going to be on with us on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.